in the British criminal justice system, there are some very, very stupid people, such as actor and now politician Lawrence Fox, who has decided to respond to people suggesting that he might be a racist for suggesting that Sainsbury's uh, efforts to try to like increase non-white representation in its like co- corporate structure or whatever is racist by quote tweeting them and calling them all pedophiles. I'm interested. Never log know- off. You cannot make me log off. Mm. My lawyers cannot mm. make me log off. Sainsbury's lawyers cannot make me log off. <laughs> and and I I thought this was I thought maybe we were on the verge of hearing the first Q drops submitted as evidence in a British court of law. But oh, apparently this is sourced from somewhere else. Ashley. Yeah. So uh when I saw this, I went into uh the replies. Uh, as of course any any sane person does. Future explorer. <laughs> yeah, and it seems that where he got this idea was Douglas Murray went on the Joe Rogan show. Cool. And he said, <laughs> I, I "Overclocked my computer is too smart." Yeah, a chimp <laughs> had told him. <laughs> and uh, since uh, libs obviously call everyone racist, which is a terrible thing to call someone with no evidence. He suggested that whenever someone calls you a racist, you should call them a pedophile. That's just right. that's cool. that's the real no. brains idea. That's why Douglas Murray is like on Joe Rogan. That's why Joe Rogan is so good at lawsuits. Yeah, Joe Rogan is just like, uh, uh, when someone calls you a racist, you should just uh, make a really specific and legally provable accusation against <laughs> yeah. them. That'll, that'll own them, especially if it's not true and you have no supporting speci- evidence. Especially if you're in the uh, United Kingdom, I like, hear. The laws that's, uh, like, actually really aren't that different there. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, in you the should do it in writing, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's that old classic of jail isn't real, so I'll do it. <laughs> well, it's, the, um, it's what it is, right? It's Prisons the, um, are like holiday camps. <laughs> I love holiday camps. You know they get, to get, they get to have PlayStation in there. It rules. There are no chicks. It's awesome. <laughs> no, it's the, it's, I love what I love it is, right? It's this perfect example of just the right making this whole worldview by just talking to itself. And so because they've just decided between themselves that like racist is an insult someone calls you if you say hurdy words, mm-hmm. that it's the same thing. Yeah. And that it has no greater legal definition. And so just by the sheer power of collective agreement of the world's biggest nerds, we now have so- like someone who's trying to forge a career in politics calling everyone a pedophile. So what I'm kind of saying is I'm starting as Lawrence Fox's campaign manager now so I can get a good position in Downing Street when he's elected in 2024. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Laws basilisk. We have no track record on this show of making outlandish claims about what the intentions of our enemies are, such as... Getting sucked off by a twink. That's what they want these days. And the great thing about this as well is it's kind of, uh, it's, it's self-talk all the way down. So it's seeing a thing, getting mad, uh, saying it's actually the other people who are mad, and then saying a thing that makes people mad and saying again. Because the, the way this originally came about is 
he was mad at Sainsbury's for putting <laughs> Which, out this very yeah. <laughs> furious at Sainsbury's. Sandra's taken the kids, and I'm in the produce aisle <laughs> having case, a normal day. Billy, Billy, oh, in yeah. this case. squeezing the fruit, but just squeezing it slightly too hard while thinking about like my ex and yeah. her yoga instructor. Yeah, just- um, he was mad because Sainsbury's put out this very milk toast statement about, you know, oh, we support black lives, we're against racism, please don't do racism in the supermarket. And they <laughs> said that has to be reminded in is Britain. Nothing sacred. <laughs> <laughs> and there was this line in it about, oh, we have a, a safe space for our black uh, employees. Which, when you look at the replies, like, I understand sociological terminology can sometimes be a bit sort of uh, difficult to understand, but what people took from this was that they were literally going to lock all the black employees in a separate room from the white employees. Yeah, because that's the so only like, meaning of the word with safe. our corporate racism policy. It works very well. I don't no, see any problem yeah, no with it. No black so. employees left in store overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't want them getting stolen. <laughs> Please carry on. Yeah, so uh it so people uh took the conclusion that this was Sainsbury's uh introducing apartheid in the uh in the Sainsbury's back room and said this is outrageous and This is uh, contagious Lawrence Fox <laughs> And uh yeah, so Lawrence Fox was super mad about that and then people were like, This is a bit racist and he said uh, you deployed, are a pedophile. He deployed and- the big brain gambit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he realized that you know you only only someone with a very high IQ knows to bring a pedophile to a racist yeah. fight. If you, if you think Lawrence Fox is a pedophile, you might. Oh fuck. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Uh, you're like, what? You think, if you think Lawrence Fox is a racist, y'all might be a pedophile. <laughs> so hey, hey, hey. Uh, I'm gonna introduce the show now. Uh, it's uh, TF. I- I'm back to corral all of these you know, hooting scallywags into order again. Um, it's <laughs> the hooting scallywags. <laughs> You're listening to Riley Quinn and the hooting scallywags. <laughs> you, you are. You yeah. are listening Performing to that. Performing their new hit, Hawkball Hoofta Classa. Well, n- there's going to be a new new hit, isn't there? Well, you guys. there's a song in the works, yes. Yeah, you guys yeah. are recording a new song. Yeah. Well, very exciting. We're, we're, and we're and some done. t-shirts on their way. And some t- not Hawkball Hoofta Classa t-shirts. We will never make those, and you can't make us. <laughs> Wait, when, what day is this coming out? Uh, Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thursday. Oh, okay, so they will actually already know about the t-shirts by then. There will be Honkball Hoofdeklasse t-shirts after all. They have been on sale since Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it's Riley. I'm back uh, from my l- delightful uh, trip into the countryside, uh, and I'm joined by Nate and Milo. Hi, Nate here. Yeah, it's me, your boy. Good, and, good, good uh, afternoon. Joined by Alice. Are you are you gender segregating the introductions here? No, I'm I'm a safe location. space for I'm Alice. Lo- I'm location <laughs> segregating. <locked> in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 um I'm location segregating the uh, the introductions. Uh, we here. have locationally segregated yes. the host of the podcast. We have, we have we had no we've had to move move Alice away because we're a Salafi podcast now. Yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, but, uh, Alice in Glasgow. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Uh, I've I've employed muscle confusion on her, so uh, mm. she doesn't know what's going on anymore. And we are rejoined by a guest, uh, Ashling McRae, who has been on the podcast, uh, I believe, tw- once or w- twice. One before. time. One time. 
So we are we are a but one it felt feet. like two times. That's how good it was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Enough content. I give for you two. value for money. Yeah, yeah. You paid for your seat, but you only need the edge with Ashling McRae. Mm, so that's right. we um, are. We're, we're all edging on this podcast. Oh uh, no, no, we're not. No, we are not. <laughs> for legal reasons, we are not. <laughs> yeah, for, do for, not <laughs> think about that. Do not get horny. Do, no, like, do not. If you're thinking about it, stop. Yeah. Uh, think about it. Think about the host of a different podcast. Think about the QAnon Anonymous guys doing that, not us. <laughs> we just get a cease and desist letter from QAnon Anonymous immediately, <laughs> delivered by a guy in like a trench coat and a big fucking trilby, who's like, "Ah, oh, this was filed for you in 1876. I was told yeah. to bring it here at this exact moment." Yeah, exactly. By 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 uh, the the QAnon is spelled with an E. Yeah. Anonymous concern. <laughs> um, it, it was a grain trust at the time. Yeah. Anyway, hey. Uh, so the British journalists have gone insane. Um, oh, not again! Uh, no, I hate it when this happens. They were being so normal before. No, 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 this is a different kind of insanity. This is a more sort of subtle, long-term prion style of madness than a sort of threat-induced um, hyper hyperactivity. Oh, this isn't people who've had their fringe cut with a black and decker. This is a different no. group. No, these these I th- I I personally believe that uh, all the columnists went crazy when like because. Even though they keep writing about Corbyn and stuff, they can't do it as much. No, this and is they, mm. this is your like Corbyn as boiler safety valve yeah, theory. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the oh, bi- fuck. Did you see Ian Dunst's tweet yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Yeah, it was like, oh, the year is twenty sixty seven, and then someone is like still arguing with you for not supporting their magic grandpa, and it's like, yeah, it's like- what? Yeah, like it was- it's you. You're the one who's bringing him up, Ian. It's just it's just in your head. It's not real. No one's going to be bringing him up in 2067 when he's been dead for like 40 years. Personally, like- I love to listen to a podcast called The Romaniacs in 2067. Yeah. Where it's like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to remain on Britain. It's been uninhabitable yeah. for 40 years. Yeah, remain remain on in Earth the Galactic somehow. Empire. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the the colonists have gone mad. I think because they don't have the release valve for all of their um, madness. And, or perhaps mm. like a prion disease has uh, come up in the big dog bowl they all eat from. <laughs> Guga did the food at the yeah, annual God. British Media <laughs> Awards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've di- I've di- I've di- I've dipped the steak in cattle brains. Yeah, I've been marinating the steak in uh, lots of mold. Makes so, it really tasty. So uh, one written by uh, this is just a selection from the Times, and I saw this. I have tweeted about this, but like I, I've been thinking about it just obsessively. The first article is just headlined: "The days of a romp with a love rat are long gone." Oh god, oh, this is what this was the, like this the screenshots that made everybody who was not previously <laughs> exposed to British English like take psychic damage. Yeah, I like this is. Uh, my problem with this mainly is that I feel we've moved past the word romp. I feel like anyone who yeah. only pe- only celebrities and sort of minor television presenters who had sex between I'm going to say like 1989 and 1997 that is that you can describe as a romp. You'd have had to but go to, outside of that. You'd have had to go to one of the Tory sex parties to have a romp. Yeah. That's the only time. Um, I, I I feel like this summer this headline can be summarized as they won't let me fuck the rat from Ratatouille. Why? <laughs> uh, also, uh, only a plonker would call time on sozzled bonking. Oh, oh, come on, this man. is like they're just trying to get Britain nuked. Yeah, like this is they're just they're just sending these headlines direct to Xi Jinping, just being like, "Please kill us. <laughs> We've had a good run. I, I mean, it's, it's out of our now. misery." Yeah, I, like the thing about it is, is that it's a paywalled article, and no one's going to actually click on it. So all writing it that way serves to accomplish is just 
10,000 Americans on Twitter, you know, quoting that image and saying, I'm always saying this. Yeah. Like, that's literally it. That's, uh, it's, it's one of these uh, quote tweet schools. It's been like, oh, you're only, you're only giving more attention to the people trying to use the word sozzle bonking when you quote tweet on them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like, but don't worry. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure the term's going to catch on when everyone clicks and can't read past the first paragraph because it's, it's completely paywalled. What I, like- I hear when I'm engaged in some sozzle bonking and some plonker <laughs> runs in and asks me if I want to smack bomb P wet. Uh, I, I like uh, for savage satire, nothing beats a puppet, which indicates to me that Aww. yes, that's right. Spitting image, the um, show back, from baby. the show from the nineties mm. where they make puppets to satirize it's all sides. It's not even from the nineties; it's from like the eighties. Uh, sorry, the show from the eighties where they make like rude puppets to satirize all side all sides of the political divide. Yeah, the good Some show of which are that we all like. Semitic as well. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe they brought this show back. I'm so mad about it. And Fat Ward's writing it. But I haven't... Oh, for fuck's sake. But I haven't been able to... Actually, that makes me less mad because he's exactly the kind of stupid cunt that should be associated with a show this bad. Like, it's... Ugh, why have they brought this show back? And I don't even care about... Because like people have said, like, oh, this this puppet is like a bit like caricaturation of like X, Y, Z, whatever. But like all the puppets look really stupid. Like, that's kind of the thing. That's not the angle I would take. The angle I would take is... They're Puppets! You're doing a puppet show! It's 2020! The world is on fire! And you're doing puppets! Fucking puppets! For savage satire, nothing beats a puppet. Oh, I'll be a fucking could, puppet. It could be a, a lot fucking worse. baseball bat. It could be a lot worse. We could have Saturday Night Live, and we don't. Oh, yeah, that that's is true. Is true. Oh, yeah, but the thing is, at least with Saturday Night Live, you get like some fresh blood, but British media has this. It's like a gerontocracy, but like for boomers. Mm. Although like, the fresh blood the of dog- Jim Carrey. Yeah, the, 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 well, the, fr- the fresh blood for, Brit- for British comedy is basically the son of someone who is famous who actually isn't as yeah. funny as their parent, but for some reason they're on TV too. Hello, yeah, my name's the, uh, Thomas Bedeal. The interesting thing, right, is if you look at, at SNL, is just like slowly becoming um, like what liberals would like C-SPAN to be, which is candlelight vigils in honor of whatever you know, decrepit bureaucrat they all project. They're going to make a sketch where like Fauci has a dick like uh, Priapus at some point. And yeah. um, American liberals actually relate to people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg the way that Ian Dunn thinks UK leftists relate to Jeremy that's Corbyn. Right. That's exactly it. <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, Saturday Night Live, the thing about it is it, I must say this, though, as the American on the show, the, the long-suffering American, it has never been funny. It has always had some good skits, no matter what era, but it's never been funny because it's, it's two hours and they have to do it every week and a lot of it just fucking yeah. sucks. But, so, but at least they used to have Celebrity Jeopardy. There is no way they would make Celebrity Jeopardy now. You could, you could, we could never get a whole skit where the whole premise was just Sean Connery misinterp just doing light slurs and then saying suck it. I mean, I remember, I, I remember that. one with Janet Jackson in like the late 90s or early 2000s where there was a skit where the whole point was that like there's people who make corks for wine bottles who are Italian like I soak it to cork and like it sounds like I'm saying I suck a cock and like <laughs> it's just that for 10 like 10 minutes. Oh. Yeah, great. Oh, it's but, a trash reach a bit. Okay. That's good though. Yeah. yeah, the difference is that's good. But the thing is like American American comedy shows are tending towards that where uh, like just like child regressing so that they like honor your heroes it's like 9-11 for bureau it's like 9-11 wall of heroes but for like 
bureaucrats that project an air of semi-competence. Well, Nine eleven wall of heroes. And, Nineteen whole guys on that wall. And uh, but then in Britain, commemoration wall. I managed to get a grant from like the Arts Council to put up a huge 9-11 commemoration wall, and it's just like all the Al Qaeda guys. <laughs> just, just just didn't didn't specify in the tender what yeah. you were going to do. I mean, they were the first responders. Like the absolute first people <laughs> there on nine eleven. Were the Al Qaeda guys? <laughs> Mohammed Adda first on the scene. First in, last out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the uh, but in in Britain we're going back to like the end of history politics where it's like we're going to skewer all sides and it's like there is a pandemic that is being handled well by some and poorly by others and they're like we're going to take the piss out of New Zealand because of its no deaths and it's like. How anachronistic an approach to making media is that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like there, New Zealand is doing well, but we're going to take the piss out of Jacinda Ardern because, well, I don't know, because someone whose dad was famous, who was probably also a pedophile, I'm not going to specify the person, so I'm not that Allegedly. big brand. Allegedly. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's not certain, <laughs> but it is likely because we are yeah. in Britain. Pulled, pulled some strings so that person would have a job, and now like they apparently dictate what comedy is. But like it's it, it a it can't be anything new. It has to be like a rehash of something that British people associate with a better time. And b crucially, it has to be both right wing and not funny. Yeah, yeah. And also, this is the thing: it's not impossible to do good satire of Jacinda Ardern. Just they won't be able to do it because their perspective is wrong. Which I think kind of plays into what we're going to talk about with Dilbert. Like you can sort of like you can see that something is worth lampooning and get the actual direction of the lampoon completely wrong. Yeah. Well, it's because th- their whole thing that they're lampooning is just, oh, doing stuff. Ugh. It's yeah. basically the oh. South Park thing of of the only thing, the, the worst thing you can be is enthusiastic or active. Uh, but hey, I've got a startup for us today. Okay, cool. Uh, the startup uh, is called Open Door. It's all one word. Open Door? Open Door. Oh, wait, I know what Open this door. is. Wait, how do you know what it is? I think we've talked about it before. No, is it going to be like Glassdoor? Uh, Milo, what do you oh, think it is? Who, wait, who was telling me what it was? Okay, someone, I think Tidus might have told Yeah, Tidus told me about it because Tidus works in startups. Okay, so I know Milo, what it is. You do not get to guess. No, I don't. Uh, okay, uh, Ashling, give me the first guess. Open door. What do you think it does? Uh, I think it is an app that opens doors. That would be much <laughs> it's more useful. It's the thing that you use to get into the studio, yeah. yeah. It's the British establishment. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's an, it's an open right? door if your family is already from it. Uh, mm. No, it is not an app. However, it refers to itself as a platform. Is it like a service for people to... My thought goes to one of two things. Either it's open door, like it opens doors for employment, so it's some sort of thing for like companies to basically... Okay, and then my second guess would be that, like, open door policy, it's the thing that lets you rat out your neighbors. That's deeply involved. It's a big... Great. Oh, Nate's having a good day. Take that, right? Let's cross it with something we've discussed before that's one of the most evil and, like, just asinine and bullyable. Like, you want to bully the people involved in it because they keep talking about, you know, catalyzing opportunities and so on. Um, Alice, what do you think this is? Open door, open door. I, I, I keep coming back to glass door, and I'm like, it's like glass door, but for like right wing cranks. So you can like leave reviews of how shitty your like SJW coworkers are. <laughs> what you can review your snot nosed grand- yes. grandson. Let's yeah. twinks into your house. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the sex teleporter from... Um, exactly, yeah. That's well, what no, it is. I mean, that's the uh, thing, right? It needs is a door it? when you have a sex teleporter. So, uh, we, here's our mission statement. We exist to enable our members to live with greater connection, creativity, and sense of purpose. Oh, is it a polycule? <laughs> it's a cult. Uh, Milo, it, is, it may facilitate polycules, yes. Okay. But it also enables you to rat on people. So when Ooh. you said something about being really bullying, my thought would be one of two things. Either like... I want to bully the people who create yeah, it. Yeah, well, I know that. But what I mean by that is that it, it, it makes me think it's either bossware stuff where like you spy on workers and fucking rat them out for like peeing too often or it's... Uh, a problem in the polycule. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or conversely, it's some kind of like right wing sort of adjacent thing that lets you like work at companies that are ideologically affiliated. What about it's like a polycule where uh, you know they let you come dine with me style review the, all the people you fucked at the orgy afterwards in a way that causes <laughs> huge personal upsets. That would be less evil than what it actually is. Mm. Uh, uh, before I throw to Al- Alice and Ashley, I'm going to do um, I'm going to do a little more. We believe that diverse, inclusive communities foster greater perspective, empathy, and inspiration, and help move toward a world that works for us all. Oh, it's a shit okay. lib startup. My- yes, intriguing. Ashley, what were you going to say? My guess was that it's going to be like a place where you can submit your darkest secrets and fears anonymously to your boss. So you can post to your boss, like, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. Or like, oh, my like my wife just took the kids. And because it's anonymous, that has no problems. I'm going to go be racist in a Sainsbury's. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now they've even tried to take that away from us. Uh, my brother-in-law is online calling everybody a pedophile. Wait, wait, Richard Iwati. Uh, so, uh, here's the second He's bit. He's Lawrence Fox's brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, here's the second bit. This should really give away the game. So, I'm going to start from Ashley again and circle back around. We believe that living in community fosters meaningful connections, authentic relationships, and personal growth. Ashley, come on. This is, I'm, oh, I'm giving no. it to is you. Oh, no. Is this going to be like a, a thing where you basically turn like where you live into a commune yeah almost one percent away but basically yes is it like chores shit for housemates and offices it is i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna give it away what i heard that this was is that it's like a company that will buy your house instantly like we buy any car for a house we talked about that with tom walker that's easy knock no, no, too no, many door-themed startups yeah. here. <laughs> Please remove three. I am not a crackpot. No, open door. Here's the last. Uh, we believe we believe that we can live better together through the sharing of space, resources, and experience. It's a dorm for adults again. Oh. A- again. Oh. Yeah, it's a dorm for adults. G- getting the inspirational bunk bed. Yeah. Motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> I say as I rack the slide of this pistol, like. <laughs> Our new startup, this sort of COVID incubator. Yeah, that's right. So I, I basically, I was a little peek, but I'm just got a little peek behind the curtain. I was doing a little bit of research into like what, what if anything was happening with COVID at um the like adult summer camp dorm rooms that seem to be so popular, and because it's like I'm thinking like like all of these are located in like a part of the world that is rapidly becoming uninhabitable due to fire. Mm-hmm. But the business model is rapidly becoming unsustainable due to a pandemic. 
So I kind of want to see what's going to claim so it first. invest your money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is the trash future investment promise. Uh, <laughs> plow all of your uh, South African Krugerrands into that. <laughs> uh, do not do that. We cannot give you investment advice. Um, uh, legally, that is not advice. <laughs> legally, you cannot call this company a pedophile. Uh, legally, that is a bit. Uh, <laughs> legally, the South African Krugerrand no longer exists. Uh, it's still very valuable if you can get your hands on it. Yeah. Um, so they say Open Door is, uh, and I have a feeling like this is going to hurt Alice. Alice is going to take psychic damage from this one. I don't know why, but oh I feel boy. it. Okay, bracing myself. Open Door is building a world-class platform for real estate development. <sighs> oh, boy. Ah. Oh, boy. That is just, always the sign of good things to come. Just like, when that leading, leading heavily into, like, the bridge from Cake's Comfort Eagle is always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Open Door is building a world-class platform for real estate development, meaning they're uh, landlords, but they want you to think of them as coders and developers. Yeah, app yeah, would, you, would you like to live in a halls of residence for the rest of your life? Yeah, well, would you? Students are loving it currently, I yeah, think. Yeah, they do. They absolutely love it. Yeah. I want to I share a kitchen with 18 people. I want to do that. Well, that's how that is, coincidentally, that is how much you can share in this, in this particular uh, group oh, of- For fuck's sake. It's um, not even, I love that they're not even making it better than a student hall of residence. They're not even like keeping the basic principle, but at least making it a bit more luxurious so it would appeal to adults. Like, no, it is full bore like the cheapest halls of residence at your university. It's it's that what they've done is they do that right, and then they slap on a bunch of like wood veneer and habitat furnishings as opposed to oh, the nice. cheapest identikit, like whatever halls of residence get their furnishings. As phone shop said of habitat as a complex aspirational demographic. <laughs> That's right, and. <laughs> So basically, it's like it is a hall of residence, but that has enough stuff from Habitat in it mm. to like trick you into thinking that actually it's just a more efficient yeah. way to live a, a life of luxury. Yeah, yeah, it has an espresso machine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. So it's for grownups. That's worth. That's worth a house. That's like an investment, right? I love mm -hmm. to bring. I love to bring a girl back to the adult orphanage that I live in <laughs> and introduce them to all the other dudes on my corridor. And it's like, oh yeah, that's Kevin. He's He's the crazy one. Uh, yeah, actually, he's don't don't go near him. He's yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and this guy's designing an app called uh, Pickpocket, which uh, is a loan shark for people who like to play the lotto. Yeah. Um, so they say the rising cost of urban living, again, not at all driven by, it's just rising. Yeah. It's yeah. just rising. It's because, like sea levels, mm. unaccountably. Yeah. 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 The rising cost of urban living has made cities less affordable than ever. At the same time, our hyper-digital society, this could have been just lifted from any, it's, they're not even trying anymore. It's Pete Buttigieg's AI again. Yeah. At the same time, <laughs> our hyper-digital society We're going has enabled, check this out, has enabled an epidemic of loneliness. Oh, no. Fuck off. Oh, I can't buy a house because I'm lonely. That's the real epidemic. Oh, yeah. loneliness. Oh, the, real, the real real estate development was the friends we made along the way. Oh, no, it was the extractive real estate development that we made for hundreds of millions of dollars. That was actually the real real estate development. Yeah, it, was, it was just, it was, it was the thing. It yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't I the relationship. Fucking, I fucking hate this so much. Like, if they were just like, look, look, you fucking hogs, you fucking stupid poor cunt. <laughs> like, you're going to live in a fucking sick Alcatraz cell yeah, I prefer with a bunch the of other thing. stupid cunts because you can't afford to live in a nice apartment like me with glass swans that I've had made in an illegal laboratory in Austria, right? <laughs> you can't afford that. So you're going to live in the fucking in the fucking cunt house with a bunch of other cunts. But when they're like, hey, you're going to love it actually because it's really fun because you'll make so many friends i've got friends unlike you 
Yeah, but oh, do you well, have a room with a, a a soundproofed room with a Renault Clio in it? That we, is true. We do have uh, half we have, of that. We've got a soundproof room and we've got a Renault yeah. Clio. Hey. All we need to do is <laughs> drive the Renault Clio. Finally, yeah. synergy. I mean, yeah. I just and then we can about finally it. all kill ourselves with exhaust fumes. <laughs> <laughs> the natural end of the Trash Future podcast. <laughs> I just laugh about it because it's like, yeah, I would love to live with friends and make friends in my weird student dorm. Never mind the fact that I rent a house that apparently has increased in value 14 fold since 1997 without being fixed at all no. for some reason. The, lo- the epidemic mm. is the loneliness yeah mm. exactly like the, the fact the fact that you would literally like you get to the point where if you, if you want to buy a dumpy ass house in the not particularly upmarket part of south london i live in you would literally need to have two to three hundred thousand dollars in cash even if you had the income because banks just simply will not lend you that much money and it's like hmm i'm sure that's fine yeah. i'm Cold sure it's it. normal you owner can just of it. a lonely house in a very cheap student dorm. <laughs> so they say we see co- the thing oh, is go ahead go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, the thing is, I don't even necessarily think they're wrong in that, like, loneliness is a thing and alienation is a thing, but that might be something to do with, like, our, you know, complete lack of, you know, we all have to move every six months and we, you know, no one has any job stability or community stability and towns are kind of just getting eaten alive from the inside. Every town centre is just like a vape shop and a bookies and another vape shop. Phone shop. But, an episode of Phone yeah. Shop. Yeah. But the Phone Shop a, also obvious, sells like, vapes. <laughs> of course. Yes, and, bo- and all of them are money laundering fronts. Um, and allegedly. All of them. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But my thought is not, oh, if people are lonely, you know what will help? If we put like 18 people in one room, then they have to be friends. <laughs> it's like if you- Nobody's ever hated like their housemates. You- <laughs> no, no, never happens. Uh, but yeah. but they say just so us, the Fritzel family. Building building on what you said, uh, Ashling, they say we see co living as a platform for your life. I love to have a platform for my life. Oh, That's my favorite thing. Um, for becoming your best self by being a part of something bigger, sharing space, skills, resources, and dreams with other inspiring and creative people. <sighs> but, here, oh, but that's the thing, right? That's as transactional as just being an employee. Uh, like, that's as transactional as any other of these liberal relationships. They can't even imagine one where it's like, oh, I'm not learning a new like Java language or how to make a better presentation. Like, There's no just yeah, incidentalness about like- that. This. actually wants to be in one of these things deserves everything they get being locked in with another 17 type A personalities all trying to teach each other Mandarin. Yeah. You could make the same argument for going to prison. Like all of the shit in here they say about <laughs> no, you you'd learn like, something prison, for you'll real learn in prison. Some skills, you'll meet interesting people who you wouldn't meet otherwise you will never be lonely. It's basically, Indeed, some would say you'll have no privacy at all. I'm just <laughs> laughing thinking about like Milan Kundera writing about something like this. It's like what if you lived in a Czech workers dormitory but you paid a lot of rent to live there and everybody who was there was also a huge piece of shit. Like it genuinely just comes back to the thing that we've talked about so often about uh you know yeah. this like it's, it's a getting- unique twist. We have brought us the the Czechoslovak People's Republic, but expensive. Yeah, and much worse furniture. And it's one of those things where it's like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if we recreated dark satanic mills, but like you were obligated to be happy instead of fucking acknowledging that they are dark and satanic. Also, now all I can do is just start framing the various buzzwords they're using through the lyrics of Owner of a Lonely Heart. So yeah, just <laughs> have a platform for my life. Much better than having control of my life. <laughs> but like, if you think about this, right? Like, there it is. It's the solution. It's a solution to a problem created by the market. 
that just says, well, we just need more market incentives yeah. for people to just be shoved together. It, it is a serious mm-hmm. note and to pass it on to other people in a second. It's just more to say that like, yeah, it basically, it, it, it treats all of the the market forces that are pressuring people into, you know, what Ashley pointed out, for example, like atomization, isolation, you know, based on having to move constantly and and, and similarly, like the lack of community because people can't stay and they can't afford to stay. Mm-hmm. It treats all of those as, as not just like, as not just given, but also as though they don't exist, and that all of this is just sort of like the people people are living in, in people are unhappy, and people are living in these isolated conditions because they just don't have friends. And it's like that's yeah. not millennials hate owning things. Yeah. Famously, it's the aggregation of all of these preferences, and they're just solving problems. But who the fuck wants to have their social group defined by? Someone who can teach me how to do better slideshows. Well, also it, Never it reminds gonna me. Never have a wife. Kevin's <laughs> taken my Japanese kitchen knife. <laughs> it just reminds me of uh, of what's it called? Um, when I was a college student, when I lived in dorms, the first year uh, I was in a dorm where basically everybody was they opted into a program where they're put in the same dorm by major because by their or you know what they thought they were going to major in because then they could like study together. And weird, wouldn't wouldn't it? so happened that like it kind of sucks living with people when everyone's in the same classes and everyone's doing the same thing like it basically feels like a sort of forced community and it's just like i don't know i I can't imagine it being a good thing but once again it's just like i also think that a lot of this millennials like doing or gen z likes doing this it's because that's what market researchers hear from people who are trying to put a positive spin on the fact their life fucking sucks because they can't tell their boss like i hate everything and i want to die so instead they're like oh yeah i i I like living i like with my friends who are you know millennials love the panopticon Come join us in the Panopticon. Well, so here's the bio of their director of communities experience for the entire Bay Area, a man with the delightful name of Spencer Honeyman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spencer Honeyman. <laughs> Sorry, I just love saying his name. Loves working with teams and individuals, so mark that down, both, uh, to help them reach deeper levels of creativity, coherence, and efficiency. What would he I'd say rather- his greatest weaknesses? I love can that. can like, he give me a time when he used uh, like the qualities, core values, to to solve a situation or a problem? Just like imagine a life that you have to live where you're never not networking. Yeah, pretty much. So cool. It's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, we, where he helps curate the community experience for residents, so you're never just having a beer or you know going bowling. You're enjoying a curating ex- curated experience while meeting people who can help you accelerate your creativity journey. Um. Sweet. So we, but we've talked about co-living before. One of the reasons I bring this up again also is because of this passage uh, from Wired. Uh, Open Door, founded in 2013, currently operates 12 co-living spaces on the West Coast, which are about to be consumed by fire, um, <laughs> each of which with, it, which its own u- the fun. unique traditions. Um, living in community can be one of the most profoundly impactful growth opportunities for our residents. Again, living in community, not something that humans just like to do. No, yeah. also, if, if, if you want to live in total community in something with its own weird traditions, either go to Oxbridge or join the fucking military. Or the or join a cult at that point. Yes. Get involved in the MEK. We have all kinds of weird traditions here, like, you know, like Coffee Mondays <laughs> and the event. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I guys, have to live like and work other. in the Heaven's Gate away team God damn it, I was going to make that exact joke. I was like, we all love each other, we take care of each other, we dress well, really nice Nikes, and when the Hail Bop comic comes back, <laughs> we're going to kill ourselves. Yeah. Uh, Normal. No, we're, we're going to advance our career journey to uh, the stratosphere with yeah, the flavor you aid. Drink the flavor aid, yeah. Uh, the real difficulty is not killing yourself before that. <laughs> when, room- <laughs> when roommate squabbles arise, a problem with the cleaning schedule, the communal groceries, open door steps in. 
Oh, oh great! Mom, mom, it's my turn even, on the Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Ashley, go ahead. E- even the term squabbles is just so fucking. It's it's like when you when you get guinea pigs mm. for like a kindergarten class, and it's like, oh, we'll just put them in together, and they'll be friends. And then if like one, one of them, them is like the hogging, other. yeah, <laughs> it's like oh they're squabbling again. Oof! I hate it. I hate it when I throw all got... these bees in the jar and they squabble. Yeah. Mm. Also, it's like it's like it is if you just want a permanent parental authority figure that you're living in the house of and paying a, per- a extortionate rent to forever. But uh, don't worry, they um they are self governing much in the way that like I don't know a student union is self governing. Um, and some of the residents moved out in recent months, citing lost jobs or health concerns, but new residents moved in. Oh, never mind those people <laughs> then. Fuck yeah. Good. yeah. It's basically like, what if, do you want to live in Singapore if everyone is in Phi Beta Kappa? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, with way worse food. Yeah. So what about the, di- so this is from like their ad copy. What about the dishes? As humans, we need to learn to steward the shared resources in our world. <laughs> Stop using the word human! As We've been over this so many times with the startups! Stop talking about humans! It makes you sound weird! <laughs> I no just one love... ever says that when they're not being weird! I love so much the idea of like a quite mundane question. What do I do about the dishes? Is answered with, well, the tragedy of the commons has been defined <laughs> as... <laughs> <laughs> you weak mortals require clean dishes. I was going to say exactly. It's like it's like the opening sequence to Berserk. Every time it's like you read their ad copy, it's like in this world there are humans who don't do the dishes. <laughs> so also it's like yeah, we need to learn to steward the shared resources in our wor- our world as California becomes uninhabitable. Exactly. Yeah, uh, steward the shared resources, but not Coltan. Um, yeah, that starts with the dishes, <laughs> and it ends with the house burning down. Yeah. Um, but the no dishes in the sink policy is passionately upheld by silly antics and humorous reproach. I love humor. I would rather have a struggle session. I would legitimately rather have a struggle session. No, this is this is. Oh no, no, no! I just realized. When you move in, they they make you do icebreakers, don't oh, they? Oh, you go around the yeah. room and you say three things about yourself, <laughs> but then you don't have sex later. This place is <laughs> a, is a mass shooting waiting to happen. Well, it's like uh, someone is sex after the snap. icebreakers. Well, Whatever just... the like, keep calm, carry on poster they've got about doing the fucking dishes, and like you know, someone's going to be fucking telling you about it. Like, someone is going to bring an AK in and shoot fucking everyone. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, I like I. This is basically just like, like Silicon Valley synonym. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up uh, because we want we want to move on. Um, but uh, just a quick note: they were also interviewed in a McKinsey report. Awesome, the <laughs> um, McKinsey scale. Yeah, where they said uh, uh, co-living, a rental model based on shared use of a large home, is another tool uh, to solve the housing crisis because McKinsey's pushing this really hard. So anytime, oh, like, a, well, a, a, they couldn't a, have any ulterior motives. No. Yeah. So basically, whenever like a municipality like asks McKinsey to help them solve their uh, housing problem, co-living is one of the things that they'll suggest. Yeah. Have you tried mm. shuffling your excess population into dorms? <laughs> yeah. What um, if everyone lived in a halfway house? That would be cool. Yeah. Co-living results in high density, energy efficient, affordable housing without government subsidies. Yeah, and it sucks. Yeah. Uh, because a co-living model, you only require three to four hundred square feet per person, but the and the rent is typically a thousand dollars a month, which is half of a studio apartment. Yeah, what if you put all school children on a diet of Huel? 
Yeah. It would be like cheap and efficient, but it wouldn't be good. Um, so they say they they basically say, look, that you need to keep changing your local zoning codes to make more of these possible because it's the future. So mm. uh, look out for more of them. Look and no for- one has interrogated why. No. Um, Do not ask why it's the future. It simply is. Yeah. Uh, and also it's like... I'm Roger Moore. You know, it's, it, it's an increasing rapidly proportion of these properties in these high demand areas where they have this like they throw a fake tasteful minimalist design over a university dorm. Mm. And then you basically still pay quite a bit of what you'd pay for a full apartment. I actually have a like a, a story about this. So I lived in uh, in the Netherlands for a bit. Um, I did not I did not play uh, honkball. Damn, um, unfortunately. Um, but uh, they have this uh, chain there called the Student Hotel, uh, which uh, is kind of acts as a response because there's a, a housing crisis in various. Uh, uh, university cities and towns in the Netherlands. Uh, so basically, they charge you a thousand euros a month to live in a hotel room, um, and it's like nice. I've 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 been in one, and they have a they have a little coffee machine, and they the the, the way they justify it is, oh well, you uh get uh like hotel service, so like a maid comes in uh once a week, uh because that's obviously something that uh, students need um and they have all we have all these facilities it's like people don't fucking want those facilities they want to live in a place that doesn't charge them a thousand euros a month to live in a room wait this is just alan partridge going oh well you're living you're living in a house but can can you order a toasted sandwich at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and then he actually tries to do it at the end of the episode and then he's like oh i don't what can of fanta minibar yeah yeah okay um yeah, it's uh, this. It is the whole thing where we only ever look at half of the supply-demand equation, where what's supplied is just that's what you have, and you never have to, and you can never really wonder why the supply mix is like it is because the story is always it's just responding to demand, and that's just mm-hmm. it'll never change. It can't change. Yeah. Stop asking for it to change. Yeah, or if it changed, you if you want it to change, change your demand and hope everyone else mm. changes their demand. Yeah, but the yeah. supply will be what the supply is going to be, and the supply is going to be grown-up dorms where they have a playful reproach if you leave your dishes in the sink. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. your life. Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Why not? Yeah. I, I would much rather be made to stand outside with a sign with all my crimes written on it before someone <laughs> shoots me with an AK-47. <laughs> but, I mean, I do take a hard line on not doing the dishes. Yeah, that's right. Damn. We will never do the dishes. The we are Maoist your, dorm. We are, the ba- we, are, we are all your bad boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> in this podcast. We'll and never again, accidentally inventing communism. Just again, just like you're living in a fucking communalka with a struggle session I, about I the love, dishes. I, lo- I love <laughs> right. to move into an open door dorm and then everyone's worst boyfriend is there and all the furniture and all their rooms is just stacks and stacks of infinite jest. That's right. It's all infinite mm. jest. But hey, speaking of uh, good books that we all like, uh, shall we talk a little bit about uh, poking fun at the o- uh, office life in the 1990s and why we as children, everyone on this podcast, all weirdly liked Dilbert? It's time to get fucking oh, yeah. dilbed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all dilbed. I'm, I'm fully dilbed right now. Dilbo, or as he was known in Russia, Ukropbert. <laughs> very, very niche oh, joke there. I love it, I love it. I love it. Uh, or as he was, no, as he was, known, in, as he was yes. known in Russia, Ukropbert. Yeah, they um, gave us regular birth, but we were like, this is too bland. <laughs> uh, uh, I asked so, myself this question, comrade, does his dick curl upward like his tie? <laughs> uh, yeah, th- th- not, not the bland one. But hey, mm. so we're talking a little bit about 
Dilbert and its uh, very strange author, Scott Adams. Because, uh, Ashling, you you actually, I remember we spoke about this uh, on the TL like some months ago. You were like, did anyone else read Dilbert as a kid? And I was like, why the fuck did I read Dilbert as a kid? So now I'm going to ask you, why the fuck did you read Dilbert as a kid? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your problem now. <laughs> Well, it's basically just like it's it's uh it's very evil advertising, I think, to put cartoons on your front cover. It's like how uh camel cigarettes used to have Joe the Camel as their mascot. It was always the dog too. It was always Dogbert on the cover of the Dilbert books. Not the rep- not yes. the repulsive homunculus himself, Dilbert, <laughs> but like the cute dog. <laughs> Um, so what? But by the way, sorry, I um, uh, I think I mentioned this before I start recording. But as I speak, I am drinking out of uh, a tankard shaped like Dilbert's face. Um, <laughs> Just you have like, hollowed out his skull as a war trophy. No, it's so upsetting because like, so Dilbert doesn't really have like hair. If you picture him. His like yeah, skin hair flaps. is basically just an extension of his skin. Yeah, yeah. he's like Bart um, Simpson. Yeah. He's got Bart head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it's got like this kind of lip around the ring. I'll send you a picture. Oh, um, oh that's the episode art. It's mm. yeah. So it's just like a a lip of his like swollen skin that I'm drinking from. Oh, that's so cool. So we all we all love. Oh, Everyone nice. just likes Dilbert because they want like Dilbert hentai. That is yeah. true. They just want to kiss Dilbert's like rare uh, Dilbert Dujinshi. Dilbert looks like if he took a regular like bald guy like Jeff Bezos and did that uh, like uh, Chinese suction cup treatment on the top of his head. <laughs> yeah, like he's been aggressively like cupped. Yeah, <laughs> so turbo cupped individual. So what? But what? What was it that that bound you to Dilbert that led you to then continue reading Dilbert even once you'd been suckered by the picture of the dog, Ashley? I. I'm not sure. I think part of it is just like being slightly abnormal as a child mm. and existing kind of slightly before, like at a time where we had internet, but it was like sort of shitty dial up and, you know, you had to like plug out the phone to put the internet cable in. Um, if you have any like uh, 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 Gen Zers listening, then maybe. So this, the internet uh, was a thing obscene. that was not once yeah. all encompassing. Yeah, uh, you, you, you had to log on to it. You had to, you had to go on the computer. You weren't just in a constant state of being on the computer. You had yeah. to sit down and switch on a physical switch to be on the computer. Yeah, you had to. You had to buy a copy of Dilbert's desktop games from Electronics Boutique for nine dollars. You had to heat up your own Dilberito. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a real thing that Scott Adams actually made. I, I would That's say what he calls his dick. I would I mean, also my, say my too, answer. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Alice, please. Well, my answer for why I like Dilbert, aside from being a fucking nerd, was that I wanted to be like my dad, right? So, like, they were his books, and he he worked in an office, and so he went to work in the business factory every day, and so I was just like, oh, okay, this is what adults do, is they have a nice, respectable yeah, laugh about skin cubicles. Yeah, also it's, true. It's like the literature equivalent of trying on your dad's suit jacket. Yes. Yeah. Ah. I would also say, just as the resident old person on this show, because uh, I am I am now officially thirty six and no longer in the demographic of eighteen to thirty five. So I am old. Mm. Um, so in the end of nineteen ninety five, Calvin and Hobbes ended in America, which was like the most popular uh, newspaper cartoon, just shortly after history. And uh, yeah, exactly. Everything got worse. 
Thanks, Bill yeah. Watterson. Didn't, didn't but, the far side end about then too? Yeah, like, about the year before, right around that same time. And so the thing I, about it is that uh, Dilbert was like the, it wasn't as popular, but it was sort of like the thing that became popular in the wake of that. And so it got pushed pretty hard because when there's a popular newspaper comic, or at least in those days in American newspapers, like obviously it drives subscriptions to some extent. And so that stuff got, you know, any mark. Also, unlike Calvin and Hobbes, Scott Adams was absolutely fine with all marketing. Uh, and so it just got pushed heavily. And so it was everywhere. And it became this kind of like thing you look sort of looked forward to reading in the newspaper in the sense that like, well, your favorite comic was gone, but like all the other comics completely sucked. Like they all were bad. Every single one of them was bad. You like, didn't like Mary Worth? No, I really didn't. I, I <laughs> didn't like a Heathcliff. Funky I didn't like Heathcliff. I didn't like fucking. Are you saying that Mallard Fillmore didn't scratch your itch? Yeah, it was weird too. I mean, I, I, I was just I, hanging out waiting for the latest map. The only one, the only one I ever, I that just, was me. Kids lined up around the block, <laughs> waiting twenty-four hours for the new mat to drop. Yeah, I mean it was exactly. It was really amazing because like when when every single newspaper cartoon was basically something in remembrance of nine eleven on like nine twelve or nine thirteen or whatever. I can't remember when it was. Like mm. at least that was the one day when I understood Kathy. But like the point being here. <laughs> The World Trade Center collapsed. Kathy looking out of her window on the 130th floor. Ah, certain people told to stay home. Yeah, Kathy realizing that her diet instructor was Zacharias Musawi and having to cover up the fucking trail. No, I mean, so basically, I think from the perspective of being like a kid entering, I was right at the end of elementary school or primary school at that age. Um, it just it became a cultural phenomenon really fast. I think because it got pushed super hard. Um, and then yeah, like it was also my parents liked it. They actually thought it was funny. And so yeah, I think there was that sort of phenomenon of like it's an adult comic yeah. about adult stuff as opposed to like it's a comic about ennui and hell. Yeah, I also really liked Dilbert again because I was also a fucking nerd as a child, as I think we all were. But I specifically, uh, uh, Ashling, the article you wrote really got to me because I fucking had the Dilbert book, the same, the Dilbert principle, uh, because someone had left it in uh, like a holiday home that we were in. And I was like so bored on this holiday when I was like eight that I like read this entire book like twice um, and uh, was really was really taken with the bits. I thought this was like the funniest shit I'd ever read. Yeah, and it is quite true. funny. We, we do owe a little tiny bit of our humor to this insane sex hypnosis magician, Scott <laughs> Adams. Yeah, he taught me how to be a sex wizard. He gave yeah. us permission to be weird. And by weird, I mean selling a cartoon-themed burrito. He was the first man who made my dick curl up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Scott also, Adams- I've posted in the Zencaster chat the Dilbert strip that ran on September 11th, 2001. Uh, oh, it's awesome. It's not as, uh, like, sort of, like, perfect as the family circus from September 10th, where Ooh. Billy is letting loose a paper plane, but it's, it's up there. If you imagine that they work in the World Trade Center anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, maybe did Scott Adams have uh, foreknowledge of what was going on? Where was he on September 11th? Why was he he getting flight training? Yeah, drawing this. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's also tagged 9-11 inside job. (laughs) 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 On on (laughs) Dilbert.com? Oh, fuck, it is! I thought you were taking the piss, but it genuinely is! Oh my god! Yo, that's fucking awesome. I I love that uh, Scott Adams is going on Truanon now. 
Yeah, I mean, I love how I love the, the dazed look on the the guy who uh, who got fired and is being moved out of the office. But the, he's getting moved out. Well, I mean, he didn't realize it was the best thing that ever happened to him. That's right. Since he, he was he worked in the admin side of Windows he in the opened, world. Falling man, it was that guy. He guy opened that email from Mossad. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, man, uh, this uh, just keeps going. Off their mailing list, just he, sending it straight to junk, not I, knowing. I know he was just like banging these out, but like on September twelfth, a totally normal Dilbert ran <laughs> on well, schedule. Well, the world. How do you sit? Yeah, I love that sitting down on nine eleven. Like, well, the the terrorists will win if I don't write a Dilbert. I'm just script. scrolling through until I get to anything that acknowledges nine eleven, and I'm, I'm trying towards- the same thing. I mean, sometimes they have these things, uh, they have these things like, you know, scheduled in advance, but. The uh, comic on uh, September 12th, uh, the hashtags on there is, okay, hashtag cross grain on accounting, hashtag system, hashtag lose respect. That's right. Only suckers died on 9 11. (laughs) Oh, and and you spelled accounts receivable wrong in the hashtag. I like brokers who didn't die in 9 11. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So this is. This is the, this oh man 911 Scott Adams what a what a what a thing to think about Can we talk so, about the sex hypnosis that's my favorite thing about well, Scott Adams So uh, I'll I'll get to that So cuz he used to be a guy who just worked at a Pacific Bell engineering company drew this little comic of just all the weirdness of his en- of his uh, experiences as an engineer in this company mm. uh, These days he might be in a big dorm with some other people yeah, writing about probably, those experiences He probably would think co-living is good for other people Um and he's an interesting weirdo who is now, as I'm sure many people listening to this uh, podcast will know, is like a really intense Trump booster. But because he's a weird guy, he focuses on, uh, he loves rhetoric. He loves the concept of power, rhetoric and persuasion. And so that leads him to view the world as like just something to play with with words. And in fact, Ashley, I'm going to read from your article. The world of Dilbert is entirely built around this surface-level rhetorical play, which works great for a throwaway comic and would have been great if Adams stayed. Had Adams had kept them there. He makes the constant use of something I'm going to call, for want of a better term, the sophoid, something which has the outer semblance of wisdom, but none of the substance, something that sounds weighty if you say it confidently enough, yet can be easily thrown away as just a thought if it won't hold up for scrutiny. And he sees this wor- the world that he lives in as one of pure rhetoric, where it's just... People sitting in offices or in later cases, people sitting at home watching Donald Trump on TV, basically trying to get one over on one another using words, right? Mm. Does that make sort of gel with what you think? Yeah, I mean, so it's worth pointing out that originally uh, in 2016, he was kind of hedging and he was saying, no, no, I'm going to I'm going to vote for Hillary. It's just that uh, I think Trump is he has a great way with words and he knows how to. Uh, you know, he's really into like and hypnosis and uh, all and uh, rhetoric and basically the power to to trick people with words. Uh, so at first he was kind of talking about him, about Trump as as this admirable figure, but he was hedging it a lot. And then eventually he was just like, yeah, I think it's great. Um, I don't think he seems to have noticed that he kind of fell into uh, uh, under Trump's rhetorical spell. 
Um, I guess he's never seen that uh, that meme that's just the big picture of Garfield that says you are not immune to propaganda. I don't know if he has like a beef with uh, with Garfield. Yeah, well, I mean, he also um, did Garfield as well, of course. I mean, you, you talk about immunity to propaganda. I picked a Dilbert strip at random, which you can do. And so I find Dilbert from May 14th, 2017, I invited a climate scientist to explain the risk of climate change to our company. And he says, human activity is warming the earth and will lead to a global catastrophe. And Dilbert says, how do scientists know that? And the scientist calls him a science denier. Yeah. Uh, and Just then an Scott awesome Adams, guy. Scott Adams then recently posted that he can't open the windows in his California home because of the uh, wildfires. Yeah, but again, no. We'll never connect these because no, he is because so he believes under in the spell. magic. He believes yeah. in magic very deeply. Like, th magic. and and this is it is American magic. And this is where I get to the sex hypnosis. Uh, ah, you see, <laughs> well, if, we've been if, waiting for that portion of if, the episode. If, if Alice. you read, yeah, you you will become sissified listening to this. So if yeah. you if you read if you read the Dilbert Principle or like one of his other books, I, I think there's like the joy of working or something. There's a weird there's a weird bit at the end where he's still like otherwise normal, but then he's like, oh yeah, the way I got everything in life and the way you should get things. No, no, this is uh, I know the thing you're talking about. It's the Dilbert future. Uh, so it is. <laughs> The alternate mm. title for our and, podcast. And, yeah, right. and what he says is, the way I got everything in life, the way I got all the success, and what you should do is write shit down that you want to happen, and then like focus on it really intently. Like Write it down like 15 times. Like I will, uh, This will be a successful podcast. This will be a successful podcast. And you just think about you it and think about it. Don't read the notes. Until <laughs> you manifest it. Yeah. Okay. I have, I have to. The reason I know this is because I read that book when I was like fourteen, and that shit does not work I at all. Read, by the way, I tried. I, know, I read. No, I tried this, and to give you an insight into who I was at fourteen, I tried the like writing things down uh, fifteen times a day to get the the universe to um to bring you things, and I tried to use it to get the universe to send me anime DVDs. <laughs> awesome. It's like I will be. Meanwhile, I was just out here being like, I will be a girl. I will be a girl. No, fuck, shit. What? How, how did I fuck up writing this? Yeah. So, yeah, no. And, and so, like, because he, like, believes in this kind of, like, woo stuff, in an alternate timeline, Scott Adams would be a Marianne Williamson guy. But instead, he's, he's talked himself into being a Trump guy, and he's talked himself into being a, a kind of sex master. Yeah, sex monk. He's yeah. a corporate yeah. sex monk. Well, how was that not obvious? Master of sex. Well, it's like, look, he he. Be, the reason that he didn't become a Marianne person and instead became Scott Adams is because his entire experience of the world, his entire all of his labor, has been devoted to just understanding this this soul sucking emptiness at the heart of the like pointless hierarchies of '90s corporate America. You know, if if you keep if all if you keep making the movie Office Space. Eventually, you'll get Stockholm syndrome for the thing you're satirizing. Could I read you uh, a piece of Scott Adams's uh, sex hypnosis? Uh, well, hold on. Uh, am I? We have to be careful about. Is this. anyone going to be sex hypnotized, including the listeners? <laughs> if this is going to be, if, the, if, you, if you feel activated, simply tap out. Right. Just to be clear, I'm here for careers guidance, not sex hypnosis. I'm here for careers guidance, not sex hypnosis. 
Now, this was published yep. on Scar. This is a like I've hijacked the notes here to do a reading series in the middle of the episode because it's too good not to off-piste reading series, right? And this is this was published by Scott Adams on his like Dilbert-related blog. This is part four, the climax of Ooh. hypnotizing you to have the best New Year's Day ever. Excuse me. Why Warning. New Year's Day specifically? Warning! This post involves real hypnosis on the reader and is intended for adults only. Yeah, wink wink. Let's well, the, begin- the big, the big New Year's Day wank that we all have. Let's begin <laughs> by reviewing what we know. You know I already told the bedroom submissives reading this blog to obey my orders tonight and find a way to thank me. This group uh, is quivering in anticipation. Send me an anime DVD. And has my permission. <laughs> that is how I wish to be thanked. To enjoy the evening. You are my favorites. Be good. You have oh, this is just Fanny Craddock. You have found yourself thinking about my words more than usual this week. You are curious whether I have the skills to suggest you into the best orgasms of your life on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. If not the best <laughs> orgasms of all time, <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a miracle that this guy like fell mm. under the spell of like yeah. Donald Trump. The sort of gossip, the the gossip, the gossip met, like pages regular. I will explain. Whose whole thing is complaining about restaurants. Scott Why Adams doesn't work. go down on women. He suggests things into their pussy. Think about the best lover you have ever had. Remember that person's scent and touch. Notice how the memory activates your feel-good chemistry. Yeah, that's, that's science. With that. Imagine yeah. what would happen if you combined the best chemistry from your best orgasmic experiences into one cumulative experience. Do you think you would like that? It's already started. And uh, then we stop, I'm picturing the hamburger. Stop! <laughs> this is taking me to a dark place. This is, but this is just this no, is no, just no. someone this who is, is... I, I'm going to get okay. to. I'm going to get to my okay. favorite sentence in this entire post. Most of you have begun to feel the change. My email, dilbertcartoonist at gmail.com, <laughs> is starting to fill with stories from readers who have had spontaneous orgasms because they feel my intention. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, obviously. My my email inbox is filled with your spunk. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, this guy like it's when you think about the guy who writes like this and who thinks that he's so magically, wonderfully capable that he can give you a no touch come by just being like, "Yo, remember sex? It's pretty good." <laughs> I'm just wondering yeah. what the collective cumulus of experiences is that supposed to be from you, or are you going to be hit by like? The orgasms of all of humanity. He's doing like MK Ultra shit, I guess, and so imagine, he's like remote viewing orgasms. Imagine you're playing NBA 2K and someone <laughs> is sucking your dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, but like, it, of course, this guy got like under Trump's spell. He's a simpleton. He is a simpleton who loves the idea of I, controlling other people. I gotta be honest with you. I just feel like this is a guy playing yeah. a long yeah. game to fuck with people, and he understood that the Trump phenomenon would keep his name in the thing, and so he just kept at it. I mean, like this this isn't the writing of someone who's serious. 
Unless it is, in which case my no, it is. is he has gone fully. He's he's just like this now. Yeah, he's like this. He believes he and Trump are both master persuaders, and that's what. Makes Incidentally, him- my my little sort of audience participation thing is um, there was an interview with him, which is hilariously deranged, and where they talk about his much younger girlfriend Christina, who's a model, mm, and he said. And he, way, now, yeah. now what? Yeah. And, he says, and he says the girlfriend. following thing. <laughs> I don't like to talk about where we met. People make assumptions. Now, if you An want to make some assumptions, yeah. simply email that to trashfuturepod at gmail.com and cc dilbertcartoonist at gmail.com. <laughs> because I, I want to know, where did they meet? What assumptions would we be making? <laughs> yeah, they did. They, they, yeah, they, they met at the golf course. They don't want people thinking I'm a golfer. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we met at Michael Barrymore's house. I don't want to be too specific about what night it was. It was an unrelated school we happened to meet in front of, okay? Yeah. There was nothing <laughs> about it my, that related to us. My favorite Scott Adams thing with his wife is he they like got engaged like while the pandemic was happening, and so they had their engagement dinner at his house that's shaped like Dilbert's head. Um, wait, yes. what? The Dilbert yeah. Castle. Yeah, oh, his house is shaped no. like Dilbert's head. They One have, of these days, they're going to find on, him on. floating face down in the pool like Gatsby. We have to, next hold TF up. office, the Dilbert head house. So they, but they, he took a picture of her like eating a salad and a picture of him having a steak and was like, don't worry, she's having a steak too. Which is <laughs> like, oh, don't worry, she's not vegan. Please don't hate me. Um, but yeah, there it is. The Dilbert Castle. His house that looks He's like so Dilbert. so cool. Oh, man. It looks like first His first retail venture, like, on his own post-Dilbert, like, was to do, like, try to open some restaurants in California. Every single one of them failed spectacularly. And then his next move was the microwavable Dilbert-themed burrito. It's just Huel. Mm. It's Huel in a burrito form, because it's the same principle. Yeah, you, you know, you've heard of a restaurant. Now come down to the Scott Adams restaurant. Okay. Well, the thing is, right, Scott, a lot of the things about Scott Adams are he only seems ludicrous because he's an early adopter. Like, Dil Burrito got made into a he's, successful well, company in terms is, of fuel. Are, are you suggesting that he is kind of like a canary in the coal mine of our fucked timeline? Yes, he's, I am he's, suggesting he's, that. he's just like the the Large Hadron Collider went on, and it just like jumped him slightly ahead yeah. on the pathway. Him and Giuliani, like yeah. both, yeah. are like early adopters of. Well, the it's like in the nineties, he was relatively normal, and by twenty ten, he basically is saying, "I will make you come in the synchronicity." Yeah. Like it's just. Well, well, here's the thing: is I think he has he gets little like brain viruses that just kind of spread (laughs) because he has so i remember one of his books it might be the dilbert future again he actually suggests the dil burrito so i don't know how long he'd been thinking about this but he was like oh in the future uh people probably won't eat food they'll want to have this like one uh simple uh burrito food item that (laughs) and it'll be a burrito nutritional burrito And again, I'm sure he. I think got- he called it an efficient food package. Well, the thing is, right? Mm. I, I, and he, he's the kind of guy who would have, um, who would actually like have an explanation for why a burrito. And it's like, well, it's familiar. People like it. It's built in such a way that you need with one hand. But it's the same thing as like a lot of these tech startups that we talk about, like uh, Quibi, for example, where you can like create like five or six reasons why, and then just charge forward with it because you have unlimited money either from you know, all your corporate backers are from, 
you know, uh, Dilbert, and then just do something ludicrous, and then because you never ask why not. And um, I want to see Steve MRE info eat an original Dilbert <laughs> yes, from two thousand one. We or have to. Yeah. yeah, but like it's 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 that same principle of just. I've kind of had a thought that seems smart if you don't look at it for too long. Mm. Time to turn it into a business. Yeah, and in the cubicle wasteland of the 1990s, that was enough to build a like multi-million dollar media empire. Furbies, need I say more? Yeah. Um, and if you, I mean, the if you want to, like, his main political crusade now, uh, for quite a while, it finally ended the other day in disappointment. Was that after Charlottesville, when Donald Trump said, "Oh, there were fine people on both sides, on many sides." In fact, is what he mm. said because, you know, he's the, the master persuader. Just does not understand who he is or what day it is. Yeah, um, which to be fair is why he's a master persuader. Like he, like Scott Adams is so right about Trump, but he doesn't even realize why. <laughs> like because Trump is like he's so stupid that he's like a savant. Like Trump is just the most talented school bully there's ever been. I watched that bit of the debate where they're talking about like shutting down the country over coronavirus, and then Joe Biden starts interrupting him and he goes, "Let me just shut you down for a second there, Joe." And I'm like, "This guy rules. <laughs> he's just he's a fucking he just wipes the floor with everyone because he's the school bully and." And everyone's going like, "Oh, the rules!" Yeah, and, but and he's also he's he's a perfect figure for our time because he has like no short term memory. Mm-hmm. He just like wakes up every day and sees a thing on TV or on the internet, or someone mentions it, and he's like, "Uh, oh, do, do you hear about that? Uh, they're they're building uh pods on, on the Mexican border, and that's like kind of how all our brains work now. Is we log on and there's like a new thing, and we or we've already completely forgotten the thing from yesterday. He's just completely divorced from time or linear thought or development, which makes him perfect for 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 today. And, I think and that's what makes Scott Adams such a weird character because Scott Adams can't stop trying to import some like genius plan onto all of the the sort of the the last flashes of a dying brain. And so, for example, he says, oh, Trump said there were many people on, on the Trump didn't said there were fine people on, on many sides. If you look at the you know, subjunctive case of the subsequent sentence or whatever, um, it actually will show, it actually will show that, you know, Trump does denounce the racists. And he then like, tried to always get the uh, hashtag going fine people hoax. Um, and then a couple of days ago. When Trump didn't denounce the after Trump said, uh, proud boys, stand by and whatever, uh, Scott Adams was like, You fucking you ruined me. You betrayed me, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Donald because, Trump, I trusted you. Because he was so convinced that because he loved him, because I Scott Adams is he was smart, manifesting smart person, it. Yeah, because I, Scott Adams, I'm is gonna smart go person. through Scott Adams' yeah. trash to find his affirmation sheets. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's he, his, he thinks because I, Scott Adams, a a person on like top two percent world intelligence, like Donald Trump. Donald Trump must therefore be the kind of person a smart thing a smart person would like, which therefore means he must have some kind of intricate mental hypnosis communication system that he's got and then for like 12 hours he was like oh my god it's all been a lie donald trump you ruined me do you think Um, that's making him doubt his sex magic prowess no because he he got back on the horse for after uh, for 12 hours because because let me let me see this here update the thank yous are pouring in and people are telling me it was the best orgasm or several of their lives (laughs) or several but Uh, oh wait hang on so scott adams basically has the kind of dementia that the woman in the notebook has where like every (laughs) 
like after long enough of watching Donald Trump, he has a brief moment of lucidity where he realizes that Donald Trump is a moron, but it fades off. Diagnose him with Alzheimer's. Yeah. He wakes. Scott Adams wakes up every morning with a big tattoo of Trump that says, "Don't believe his lies." (laughs) Just like piecing together a bunch of like Dilbert panels that I've taped up. Pockets, pockets full of Polaroids with pictures of burritos. (laughs) Do not invent this again. Uh, low, <laughs> low information voters think Trump has never denounced racists. High information voters have seen compilation clips of him doing it forcefully and repeatedly. Because again, if the world is just words to you, then yeah. actions, policies... What, what level of information voter is it that you recognize that he might be lying? But also, like all of, all of the material things behind it just don't matter. Because it's just, it's just having fun with words. And so it's... Whether you're trying to hypnotize someone into doing a no-touch come with your WordPress site, or like trying to <laughs> read oh, he the could te- not afford WordPress, <laughs> or trying to like read the tea leaves of you know Trump's soupy dying brain and seeing a brilliant strategy there, or diagnosing the like political problems of America, he can never move beyond words. Yeah. So speaking of diagnosing, I have one one little short post to play us out. Okay. Play us out. What the fuck is that? I'm just doing a Bill O'Reilly on myself. Uh, okay, we'll do it live. Posted <laughs> August 10th, 2019. Word thinking replaces thinking in America. Uh, okay. Do some word thinking. Yeah, yeah. When you think with words instead of you know numbers, for example. I mean, th- that is okay. just self-talk, right? Like yeah. that. Yeah. The bird is the word, and yeah, we're like, doing some we thinking. We go back to the uh, Lawrence Fox um, yeah. self-talk thing, well, right? Th- this is once thinking. again. This is just America magic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ashley, what do you, I want to get your reaction on that title. Word thinking replaces thinking in America. I mean, I think that's true. I, uh, I, I don't it know d- what else do to add like to that. that though. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, I am a high IQ individual, so, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm working at a level above everyone else, <laughs> but like that, that seems, I'm, that seems right to me. I'm a beautiful me. himbo, so I'm not sure what he means yeah. yet. So he says, uh, in 2015, candidate Trump self-identified as a nationalist, as in putting the needs of the country above the needs of other countries. You know, because words have these single set down dictionary meanings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Webster's dictionary defines Dilbert yeah. as. His opponents noticed that most of his supporters were white. Yes, they were nationalists who happened oh, to be Christ. white. Oh, yeah. fuck. Then Trump's critics turned nationalists who happened to be mostly white into white the nationalists. The Oxford English Dictionary mm. defines white nationalist as. Mm. Yeah. And again, it's, it's when you have, it is, I think, this is why actually I, I think it's almost, you know, uh, lucky we talked about, thank God for Lawrence Fox, but that mm. we brought this idea of just the right talking to itself up. Yeah. Right. Because this is an impenetrable argument. You, there is no like anyone who thinks that someone who believes this can be convinced. Oh, this is, is tricking themselves. Like, uh, I mean, uh, to an extent, this is the left talking to itself here. In that, like, you have to listen to a podcast like us to get this. But like, I think most relatively normal people, if they knew that Scott Adams had written a New Year's Day sex hypnosis blog post, would read like him talking about is Trump a white nationalist and go, "Aren't you the guy who wrote a four? 
part, <laughs> New Year's Day orgasm sex hypnosis blog post. Counterpoint, they wouldn't be in his mentions. They'd be too busy busting. Yeah, they'd be, yeah, too they'd busy. be having the best orgasms of their lives. Yeah, and then emailing DilbertCartoonist the at gmail.com about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, hang on. This dictionary here defines white nationalist as uh, a cocktail made with Kahlua, milk, and... Vo- Sorry, no, I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> um, and they says basically... Once you have labeled the leader a white nationalist, which most of us agree implies racism, is mm. it a stretch to say that that person is also a white supremacist? He's just racist. No, Scott, was... he's just racist. Yeah, no, he's doing word magic. He's the- also, he, like, in some ways, he's kind of, like, arguing against himself because, like, actually, the way to defend Trump is to be like, he doesn't think anything. He's just a big idiot who just wants people to think he's cool. Like, yeah. Trump isn't, Trump isn't like, a racist in the traditional sense of the word. Like, he doesn't really care. He doesn't really you have say, ideology. You say he that, says but, racist like, things. He also absolutely is. He also absolutely <laughs> well, is. He's just yeah. lazy about it. Yeah, he's just yeah. very lazy. What I, what I want to know is... Is Scott Adams doing this kind of uh, 40 chess high IQ analysis on all Trump stuff? Because, like, maybe 20% of what he talks about is, like, uh, immigration or race, and the rest of it is, like, the toilets don't flush as well as they used to. Sissy Graydon Carter's bad food restaurant failing badly. (laughs) Very bad dill burrito at Graydon Carter's house. I'm Googling the only important thing that should be Googled right now about that subject, which is what did he say about the football boys? What about QAnon? Is he Q-pilled? Uh, no, he, Scott Adams wouldn't be Q-pilled because Scott Adams, like, he believes in, like, he's basically a Habermasian. Like, he believes in word magic. And then there's liberal word, word magic. magic, which is evil, which turns someone who happens to be white and happens to be nationalist into a white nationalist. Mm. And then there's conservative word magic, which is good, which makes you do come really hard when you read the, the Dilbert blog. Oh, oh, so now I can't use any sentence of 14 words. Oh, okay, libs. <laughs> he, he is, as you correctly identified, he is not a Q guy. Yeah, well, it's because... He, th- he they- thinks Q is Russia, which is, I guess, more plausible than, you know... Uh, let's see. Trump. He he. The last time he talked, that's the thing. He didn't even engage with how fun the football boys were when they came over. Instead, he focused only on the words. He says um, uh, uh, that uh, Adams basically Adams thinks that spelling mistakes like hamburgers, which is what he said he was serving the Clemson Tigers. Sorry, I think about the football boys fast food visit all the time. Oh yeah, um, love the hamburgers. According to Adams. Uh, these mistakes are made on purpose and are part of Trump's general charm. Oh, he's drill. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the the thing is, I understand that if you're because because I think all of his ideology comes from the fact that he writes comics for a living, and I know that I've definitely looked at like Trump tweets or certain spellings and stuff and be like, oh fuck, that's really good. Like if he deliberately done hamburgers, like you can't you can't beat that, but. He's not looking at Trump as like a comic uh, figure. He's looking at him as this like admiral, uh, mm. uh, admiral, this admirable yeah. type. Also an admiral. He is just yeah. fully yeah. doing Miklos <laughs> Horthy shit he about is Trump. Admiral. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says, you know, human beings are not rational creatures. You know, probably true. We are mm. easy to program with what I call word thinking. Of or the indeed, t- sex <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else are you thinking with? 
numbers yeah. like like a like a like a smell I guess like is it, as you have word thinking and then like yeah. Proust I think only in Proustian reveries yeah exactly yeah. let's just like look to sort of to sort of round the smell this out, of a hamburger takes me back to my youth to, to round this out <laughs> this is just another when he writes books like loser think or whatever it's all the same like right wing logic god talking to himself thing and I just I personally wish that he would stop being trapped in a mind palace and instead go back to, you know, trying to be a sex worker. I, yeah. th- I think it's weird Scott that... Adam's he, OnlyFans. Phone chat uh, seemingly, seemingly in none of the years subsequently, the Dilbert comic strip has never acknowledged 9-11. What? Uh, <laughs> jig- using up all of my red string that I've got left on this one. Yeah, that's it. Um, he, is, think- he is the rare handshake meme between Scott Adams and, and Baudrillard is 9-11 never fucking happened. <laughs> that's right. That's what we learned. Uh, but hey, uh, we've been going for a little while, so I want to say, Ashling, thank you very much for calling in today. Thank you for having me. Uh, and where can people find you on the old internet? Yeah, so uh, my Twitter handle is uh, at Ambient Jillian mm-hmm. um, because I just, uh, uh, similar to you, like I just had a handle and now that's the handle that I have and I'm not going to change mm-hmm. it because I'm afraid of change. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so plug in your um, modems and navigate your way over to that. <laughs> Step one, go on the computer. Step two, go on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Unplug your mum's phone. I don't care if she's talking to Aunt Kathy. Yeah, that's right. Ack! Yeah. <laughs> ack, ack! 9-11 is happening. <laughs> ack, ack, I'm calling you from the past. Ack, ack! 9-11 yeah. is currently happening. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, do, do, do. Do do all of that. <laughs> do 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 uh, ass. If, if, if all of you that. had like, if you wrote a short story where like people got phone calls from nine eleven in the present, that would be in the New Yorker like that, like like okay. that. Yeah, anyone who wants to write that, uh, you have a free permission. New Yorker short story. Yeah, free New Yorker short story guy getting phone calls from nine eleven, and they turned out to be from his uncle. Yeah, and um, they're all in Arabic and ranting about how this is way harder than it looks. My article on uh, Dilbert goes up online. It's already out in the print edition of Current Affairs, but it is out online from, I believe, Tuesday the sixth. So anyway, I think that's uh, that's all. The usual links are in the episode um, uh, description. And otherwise, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber, and we will see you again uh, on the free episode on Tuesday. Stay dilbed. Bye. Bye. Get dilbed. Get crop (laughs) pilled. Get (laughs) dilbed. You're listening to Riley and the Dilb. Can we call this episode the episode Getting Dilb Pilled? Sure. Yes. (laughs) 